Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I'm joined by a wonderful panel of community leaders to talk about Indigenous Peoples Day, which is coming up on Monday, October 12th. Before we dive into the history and meaning of this day, let's start with introductions of our panelists. Rochelle Rowarito is the Cultural Program Coordinator for Native American Student Services with Oklahoma City Public Schools. In her position, she develops tools to facilitate culturally appropriate and accurate lessons regarding Native American culture, history, and people. She's from the Muskogee and Navajo Nations. She is Deer Clan and belongs to the Muddy Waters Tribal Town and Greenleaf Ceremonial Grounds. Roe holds a Bachelor of Science in Therapeutic Recreation from Oklahoma State University and is a current graduate student at OSU in the Teaching, Learning, and Leadership Program. Welcome, Roe. Ashton Gatewood serves as Grants Management Staff at the Oklahoma City Indian Clinic. She also currently attends the Oklahoma State University College of Osteopathic Medicine at Cherokee Nation as a member of the inaugural class of the nation's first tribally affiliated medical school. She has over 10 years experience in healthcare, holds bachelor's degrees in cell and molecular biology, nursing and Spanish, and a master's in public health degree in healthcare administration. She's a proud member of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma and a descendant of the Chickasaw, Cherokee Nations of Oklahoma, Chickasaw and Cherokee Nations of Oklahoma. And she's a wife and mom of a two-year-old daughter. Welcome, Ashton. Stacy Thrasher is office manager for Sovereign Community School and Matt Wilson is principal. Sovereign Community School is a new charter school in Oklahoma City with a focus on Native American culture and identity. It's also part of a movement of tribes and tribal citizens using publicly funded, privately run schools to take control over how their children are educated. Welcome, Stacy and Matt. And thanks to all of you for joining me for this conversation today. First, let's talk a bit about the history of Indigenous Peoples Day. So formerly Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day has evolved as a response to the harm caused to Indigenous people through celebrating Christopher Columbus and other Europeans who oppressed and committed crimes against the Native Americans in the United States. I'd love to first hear why this evolution from Columbus Day to celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day is meaningful to each of you personally. Ro, will you start for us? All right, uh, hello everybody. My name is Rochelle Warito. Um, I go by Ro. And so I think to me personally, why it's so meaningful Indigenous Peoples Day is because we've changed the narrative. The narrative from going to people celebrating a man who they think was this amazing guide to actually celebrating people um, all indigenous people, all walks of life, all cultures and languages, and not just from the US, but also from Mexico and Canada. And just having a diverse day, a diverse population to celebrate within a day, um, having them come out. Um, people have events. Um, I share social media posts about, you know, what we're doing, how we're being. Um, as simple as wearing our t-shirt and a ribbon skirt, walking through the halls of people that aren't non that are non-native and they ask what today is or they ask um, what your skirt is or what what are you wearing um, just simple things like that um, social media is really big so then really hashtagging indigenous people say so you can see what people are doing what kind of events are around and then promoting those as well 
um, to my friends that are on my social media that may not be native and may not know. Um, so those are the kind of things that I do personally. Um, and then as, as a nationwide, it's really awesome to see the, the, the country celebrate something so meaningful to me and something that I love and who I am as a person in, in modern day and not something that's in the past. So that's kind of the things that I really look forward to during Indigenous Peoples Day. I love that, Ro. Thank you. Ashton, what about you? Why is celebrating this day meaningful to you? Well, to me, I think it's um, really important that our families and our communities, especially our children, can be proud of their heritage because we do have so many things to be proud of as Native people. And um, this is a day where we can come together instead of celebrating um, someone who oppressed our communities, um, but actually getting to celebrate our resiliency and the strength of our ancestors that allowed us to be here today. I think it's just very meaningful and I think it gives more um, recognition of the value and the worth of our families and our communities. That's great. Stacey and Matt, what about the two of you? What has this evolution to celebrating Indigenous Peoples Day meant to you? Um, hello, my name is uh, Matt Wilson. I'm Kiowa and uh, Choctaw uh, from the Goombay family on my Kiowa side. Um, I'm the founding principal here, so I uh, just want to throw that out there. Um, I, I really think there's good points made uh, by both of our other uh, panel members. Uh, I think it's just extremely important to take it as a teaching moment um, to allow folks that don't know uh, the difference of what the name change and just a simple thing like that will um, change the dynamics of how people look at um, this time and these events that have happened and we've celebrated these things over and over. Uh, same thing that we do on our currency with uh, certain presidents that did the same thing. Um, it's, a, it's a simple uh, name change that, that changes the dynamics, like I said, and it's an excellent time to uh, to educate people that aren't aware of uh, the things that Native people have gone through and our identity that we have to prove nowadays. Um, you know, one of the only populations that we have to show a card of who we are. And uh, I think it's uh, just an excellent time right there to open people's eyes. Um, and uh, like I said, it's a great teaching moment, especially with our young kids here at school. We get to allow them to have a voice and uh, draw their conclusions of what actually went on and uh, how they view things. It's not a, uh, um, like we were told a long time ago, as I was told, at least in uh, high school and junior high, uh, this is a great man that did all these great things, or these are great individuals. Um, it's a great time to, to relearn those things and to rethink uh, what we're celebrating. And uh, not only is Columbus Day, uh, Indigenous Peoples Day, but there's a lot of other things. So, I mean, it's a, it's a big victory, but we've got a long ways to go. So I think it's just a great time to, to be able to teach and educate those that, that aren't aware of the things that have gone on. Right, and then I kind of, I feel the, the same way actually, but also for Indigenous Peoples Day is to like publicly recognize Indigenous people and the contributions and things that we have contributed to not only, you know, North America, but you know, the tribes that came up through South America and those places as well. And then also continue the impact of that little nursery rhyme that everybody learned in kindergarten or first grade that I'm not going to sing, but everybody knows what it is. Um, and kind of realize the real history of that and that we're still fighting the same stereotypes 
that he assumed, you know, hundreds of years ago. That's a really good point, Stacey. Um, so across our country over the last decade, Columbus Day has been replaced in many states and municipalities by Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, but it's still fairly new in Oklahoma City and Tulsa in terms of an overarching declaration. Um, the second Monday in October was declared solely Indigenous Peoples Day just in 2018. Um, so since this may be new to some of our listeners, um, I'd love to give them some ideas about how families can appropriately honor and celebrate this day, both in our homes and then out in the community. Ashton, will you start us off? How does your family recognize this day and how would you encourage other families to do so? Sure. My family always tries to be together um, at home um, for Thanksgiving. I, I, think, um, I think for Thanksgiving and for um, Indigenous Peoples Day and just these opportunities that we have to be together and to be um, able to express our our gratitude um, for our families. Um, I have a very large family, which I think a lot of um, Native families are. Um, so when we can all get together, it's so nice to see um, everyone in one place and to check in on one another. A tradition we started a while back um, when I was Miss Indian Oklahoma City University, um, I would go to my mom's um, class on either, we tried to do it on uh, what's now Indigenous Peoples Day, um, but sometimes I did it during my Thanksgiving break, but I would read um, books to her classroom about um, um, the real Thanksgiving story, I think is actually the title of the book. And so I think it's really good for um, kids to have those opportunities. And that's something that I still try to do if I'm able to, is to go um, to my mom's school and do that. And that's kind of a tradition we started. But I think most important um, is just being together and expressing gratitude. That's great, Ashton. Stacy and Matt, what about you? How does your family recognize this day? Um, yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, so it, it, I guess it kind of depends. Um, like I said, I think I spend more time at the school than I do actually at home. So, I mean, this is really uh, my, my work family slash my, you know, all these kids I really think of as my own kids. Um, so, like I said, I mean, it's really a time to, uh, to really spark um, that notion of this is just a small little victory and we've got a long ways to go. And I think that's a, uh, it's a it's a time where we can say okay we made it this far we've got this name changed okay we're what's our next steps to reclaiming our identity and who we are and so um that's my goal um, that's why i love this school is because of the fact that we were able to offer those things and not be looked down upon by our community we're supported by our community and so um i think that's my main goal is this next couple of years is to have this as a you know, not a Native American Heritage Month or not Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. It's like every day this is celebrated at our school. And, um, you know, I think it's just a um, kind of just a primer to get students thinking about all the, the progress that we've made. And so I think uh, celebrating it is um, in, in our school is just a sparking of further things to come that these uh, young individuals can make happen. And we've got a long ways to go, you know, but uh, like I said, it's a, it's a good little uh, primer for all of our students to, to get ready to be future leaders and take on these challenges that are, you know, held so sacred to some other individuals uh, needs to be broken down. Though. And I think that message is 
needs to be made, you know, very in, in a diverse way. So two years ago, of course, we started, um, we went to, as my youngest and I actually took her out of school um, to go to OCU for the Indigenous Peoples Ceremony. And so we were there, but it's kind of, it's kind of neat to see her being so young, she was six at the time, and saying, well, this is just a normal day. This is just, this is how we live. This is the music we listen to. This is how we pray. This is all the things that we do. So she didn't really see any difference in it. And so what I wanted for her, which she's so young, you know, she's a baby, um, is to feel normal and have it feel like a normal thing that it, it's, it's an everyday, you know, and then spark interest of like, oh, well, why did you get to check? Because, you know, when kids get checked out of school early, they, you know, the next day that, why did you get to leave? Why did your mom come up? And so like, just use that as, oh, I got to go see this and explain it in her terms to her friends. And even if it just sparks a simple Google search of what is IDP, what it, you know, why did it start, you know, and, you know, as of 2009, April uh, 2018, you know, Columbus Day isn't even a recognized state holiday by an executive order of the gover governor. So we're making strides. We can definitely think we are hope for that to getting those strides forward and getting those off of our calendars, even though it's not federally taken off yet. I mean, it's off our state calendar, which is a big, which is a big improvement in just two years. That's great, Stacey. I love the example of your daughter being able to share her pride and who she is. That's so important. Ro, what about you? How does your family celebrate and recognize this day? Um, mine's kind of along the lines of Stacy going to uh, OCU and just having, you know, Mayor Holt read the proclamation and having dignitaries there like Kelly Haney, who's, you know, well known for the statue in the Capitol, and then just taking you know, lessons, uh, my niece was there as well, taking those lessons and having her take a picture with him and telling her about him and making sure she can introduce herself to him through the language because he's Seminole, but he can understand Muscogee Creek and just making, you know, passing those things on that weren't passed to me because there was fear in our parents' lives to go to school in our grandparents' lives. And so they were very resistant in educating, um, the, I mean, trusting the education system and so then making sure, you know, our nieces and our students and our school systems are proud of who they are and exemplifying that by going to these things and then coming back and feeling comfortable and teaching their classmates and their teachers and not having that fear of being oppressed or sent to the office or, you know, you know, I think teachers now are able to be more culturally fluent um, as they're learning to be teachers and making sure that they have the chance to know who their students are first by acknowledging who they are as an indigenous person or as a Hispanic or Latinx person, you know, just making sure they're comfortable, those students are comfortable being in that teacher's classroom in a safe space. So as a family, we do go to, you know, the events um, and learning those things, but what can families do to honor or, you know, be a part of these celebration is to go out there and educate yourself um, by having them unlearn the history that they were taught, you know, knowing that Columbus wasn't a good man. So why are these um, campaigns coming up and these protests coming up? I should learn about them. So taking their time to go and research, like Stacy said, you know, Google what Indigenous oh, Peoples Day is and having them take their time to really invest their 
their mindset into learning what's going on that what's been going on for decades just because it's new to them doesn't mean there hasn't been you know fighting and protesting and testaments prior to 2018 it's been going on for decades since i think it said you know the 60s is when they were very vocal but before then you know different things were going on before then so having people take the time to learn about them and then teachers to acknowledge their students um, celebrate them for going to Indigenous People's Day Proclamation and hearing it. Let me tell me about it. Really tell us about it. Um, celebrating it that way. So as far as other families, really just diving in and learning as much as they can to unlearn everything that they already did. Um, like Stacy said, the, the songs that are going on really invest time in the teachers too. To teach them, that's not okay. And we're, we're beyond that. So let's, this is what we should be doing. And this is why. And there's, you know, data with all of it. So just really making sure that you have an open communication between families and, you know, schools and departments and even tribes. So really um, pulling in your resources. Absolutely, Ro. I love that you talked about, you know, it's not just about educating our children. It's about parents having um, the willingness and intentionality of um, re-educating themselves. Um, I grew up in Oklahoma City and, um, you know, I, I'm thankful that my kids are learning things differently in the public school system now than, than what I did when I was in public school here. And that's a perfect segue into talking about Indigenous Peoples Day being represented in our classrooms and in our schools. Um, Rose team at OKCBS's Native American Student Services has created and compiled some really incredible resources for teachers and they can also be used by families. My family has been using them on my kids virtual days and um, they're just incredible. I would highly recommend them and we will have um, links up on our website so that families can get that information as well. Ro, you talked a little bit about this, but how would you encourage educators to really incorporate lessons or activities that honor Indigenous Peoples Day? And then how can families support teachers in that effort? Yeah, so um, like I said, really unlearning the mainstream history that you learned in the past. And I've seen a lot of teachers um, kind of have a um, kind of a community of um, forums, I guess, on social media to really talk about these things. They really depend on one another. And if one teacher can tell you it's wrong, and then that will just spread. And so really trying to find these teachers that you can really um, insist on, you know, this is a separate way you can, you know, don't even address him in that glorious man he discovered. Really think about your, the vocabulary of Columbus. He didn't discover anything. He didn't, was an explorer. He exploited a lot of people. He didn't even step on, you know, what is currently American soil. So really telling those truths, um, making sure that the truths are out there, and then adding in a different perspective. Because all of our history texts and our children's books are one-sided based on people that were writing in their journals. All these old guys, all these old men were writing these things um, back then, and then our country just made it their tr our truth, which wasn't true. It's only one-sided and biased. So making sure that your history is um, speaking to all perspectives and all sides and learning that intention, putting your intention into these things because what teachers are teaching children are their, is what they're gonna learn. So what, what and how people teach about things is how the students will do it. 
we have some Indian kids that may not be connected to their culture and the teachers over here teaching them this perspective, that's, what, that's all they're gonna know in their history is, you know, so they really have to be intentional on how they're gonna approach this. Um, I would say asking, you know, people that they're comfortable with, asking questions, emailing. Um, these different tribes in Oklahoma are starting to make their own curriculum. And by going to their website and researching educational departments, they, they have amazing resources on there. And I use them every day for our department as well. And I, when a teacher asks me, I send them that list I sent you. And I said, here are these things. How else can I help you? What else do you want us to do? Um, another thing is to um, identify and just know that there are stereotypes in our textbooks. So the teachers can go and like highlight or annotate when they see something that, that promotes a stereotype or that is a stereotype to indigenous people and then be aware of it the next time they come across it and then they can change it. Um, and I think the other thing is to really just acknowledge you're in Oklahoma. So you should probably know that there are 39 tribes here um, that the state seal and the state capitol have all these amazing artwork and pieces that are tied to our history, our state's history. So really, um, if you're in Oklahoma, you should have a little, a little knowledge about it. So you're able to talk to those, speak to those things and really invest in your children um, without the, the biases side of it. And then um, really just do your research is all I can really say. That's so great, bro. And I love that you and Stacy both hit on, you know, teachers knowing the kids that are in their class, knowing their heritage and their cultural backgrounds and giving them the opportunity to, to share that with their classmates in a way that makes them feel proud and excited about who they are. Um, thank you, Ro, for all of that. Um, and then Stacy and Matt, at Sovereign Community School, everything is taught from an Indigenous perspective. I was telling my kids about your school earlier this week, and they were like, wow, that is so, that's so cool that kids have the opportunity to literally learn all of their subjects from an Indigenous perspective. Will you talk about how valuable that is to Native students and then how important it is too for non-Native students to have the opportunity to learn from that perspective too? Okay, well, um, I would actually like to talk about the non-Native student perspective, actually. Um, I was thinking of like just how I was gonna answer this because this is, you know, it's a brand new, it's first of its kind school um, and all the hard work and I don't want to minimize all the hard work that's gone in and to keep us continually enrolling in increasing numbers. But what I really want to put out there is that although we do have the indigenous perspective, it seems that it's being construed as just a school for native students. And it's actually a school for students of Oklahoma who like Mr. Rose said a while ago, it's like, we live here, we need to have, you know, we need to know our histories. And so, being um being a daughter of a choctaw man i was actually adopted so i don't have you know clan knowledge i know that i'm creek i know you know all these different things and so kind of like what she had said as well as that was my take growing up as if some my teacher said it that was right and then to have parents who um especially my dad who didn't have a lot of the maybe ceremonial ties but getting me exposed to all different types of tribes and ceremonies and everything like that that we could do so 
that's something that if any student wants to learn that, they don't have to be indigenous. They don't have to be an enrolled member of the tribe. You know, blood quantum is a very touchy subject with some of our students. And I really advocate for that. It's like, you know, I, I understand that. I understand that point of view. And I understand not being raised um, traditionally and ceremonially and then coming into this being very open to everybody. I mean, that's, it's, it's really big. And I want to make sure that as Sovereign Community School as a voice for us is that it's not just for natives, it's for all students. And to have that perspective is amazing because you can carry that throughout your life. And just to, I mean, like I said, Stacy <clears throat> pretty much covered a lot of uh, what, uh, what we do here. And I think the main uh, important part of that is it's just our inquiry-based learning approach, um, our land acknowledgement, our land-based projects. Um, all of the above uh, are brought into all of our lessons. We don't tell students what is right or what is wrong. We lead them to resources and let them come up with their own conclusions and let them come up with their own beliefs because um, that's not our place to tell somebody what's right and what's wrong. We can't tell them that this is right in a native way or this is right and it would just that's why we follow our inquiry-based learning model and it allows our students to come up with their own conclusions of things um, and not just uh, telling folks what exactly is right and what's wrong because uh, that's not our place it's a place for learning that's so great um ashton i want to pull you in here to talk about this from a public health perspective what are the benefits, especially to our kids' mental health, when they see that representation of their own identity in their curriculum, in their classroom? And then how can it be detrimental to them when they don't have those opportunities? I think um, from a public health perspective, you know, we always want to work in um, primary and secondary interventions, which means education and screening. We want to prevent um, things like mental health um, crisis. And so that starts further um, up the pipeline with education. And so we know that um, the, there's just so many issues with the research and the data that goes into building curriculums, just not even counting um, Native people. And if, and if the Native people are not counted in the data, then the curriculums that develop don't reflect that community and our values and our needs. And so um, I'm so excited to see Sovereign Community School and the um, NASS program because they are giving a voice and providing those education opportunities that are so important. We know that Native American students um, have the highest high school dropout rates, the lowest um, college graduation rates. Um, only 0.1% of physicians are Native. And that is concerning because those leaders, the teachers, and the physicians, and the um, people who really are figures of leadership and of mentorship in our young people's lives, if they don't have role models from their community that they can see themselves in, that they say, oh, I'm Choctaw too, what is, you know, what does that mean to you? Have you gone, you know, to Tashlahoma this year? Like, it's just kind of, um, we, by by uplifting one another with these curriculums, they're teaching them about their heritage and about the possibility and the potential that they could have. 
Um, I think that just lets them see hope and lets them see something to work towards. Um, we know that mental health um, in Oklahoma is something that we're constantly working towards improving. And I think that by providing these opportunities for education and providing mentors and leaders that um, have shared backgrounds, it really supports these students. I know it supported me. I know most of my uh, mentors who really spent the most time with me and really opened doors for me um, were um, other members of the Native community, other doctors and nurses who um, wanted to be there for me, wanted to help me. So I think um, if we're going to make strides in addiction and depression and um, suicide, some of the things that are really causing harm in our Native communities, then it really does need to start with education. So that's why this is so important. That is such great insight into that, Ashton. Thank you so much for sharing that. So beyond Indigenous Peoples Day, and Matt, you talked about this, there are lots of opportunities throughout the year to honor and celebrate Native culture and contributions, and really to incorporate that into our everyday lives. And there are other holidays and occurrences that we need to be aware of that are painful for the Indigenous community, like the land run, Thanksgiving, particularly when we're not taking into account the Native perspective on those types of situations. Will you each share how parents, families, and schools can just be more intentional about considering, including, teaching Native perspective throughout our daily lives, not just at specific times of the year? Stacy and Matt, will you start on that? Sure. Um, I built, oh, did I? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is just acknowledgement, acknowledging that these, that events happen. Just that's the first step of anything is like coming out of your denial and acknowledging all these facts and, and that as a people, we're still here. And that take the glamorized effect out of someone coming in to save us or somebody came in and saved the day or something like that. Take in all the glamorized because some of these um, things happen, you know, less than 200 years ago, you know, and just gain and share the knowledge um, amongst each other. And then, you know, putting out, I don't want to say the shaming uh, in amongst Native students that are raised like, like an urban Native versus somebody that's coming in to receive their education that lives on a reservation and uniting those because they're gonna have two completely different aspects of their life. And they, they even though they're both maybe of the same tribal affiliation, they've been having the same life, same life. And so bringing, that's a big goal of, for me personally is bringing all of these students together and they can learn from each other. Yeah, and just following up with that, I mean, uh, a lot of people focus on uh, indigenous education or decolonized approach to education. I mean, that's actually what I got my uh, master's degree in. Um, but I really try to focus here on intertribal education. And that really encompasses all of our students, even our non-native students that we have here, um, just the cultural sharing. And that way we don't have the divisions of the way that things are, um, have been in the past and the way they are now, uh, trying to break those things down. You know, understanding the difference from Mississippi uh, Band of Choctaw Indians versus uh, Oklahoma Choctaws. You know, we're known as like runaways and things like that. Uh, people that were pushed out and and things of that nature. And so, when you go down to Mississippi, they still have that language and they have those things that um, they can automatically tell when you're when you're down there because they speak 
uh, full Choctaw down there. And when you come to uh, Oklahoma, there's not a lot of fluent Choctaw speakers that are around, um, especially, you know, just around and just joking around and things like that. So um, allowing our kids to understand, like I said, the cultural differences. And then, um, you know, like I said, just to, to spread that, you know, it's just, uh, it's amazing that we have this opportunity. Um, I was just laughing because, um, you know, a normal like PE class or whatever, you know, you'd see kids running out playing basketball. Uh, our kids just walk by, they're going out here to, to play stickball out here on our stickball field. And that's a, you know, that's, that's a huge stepping, uh, you know, stepping stone for us in the education department of just moving forward and doing those things and allowing students to take something home with them. Uh, go share it with their community, share it with their families. Um, a lot of our families, they, they really want to know these things. And so um, putting that out there and letting uh, our community aware of all these things and being culturally sensitive as well um, in, in the meantime, because I know Creeks, uh, Cherokees, Seminoles, they all have their different beliefs on these things and being culturally sensitive, but you know, also spreading that knowledge. You know, it, it allows our community to be more um, involved and it's also educating, like I said, our families that may not have come from a traditional background or no, none at all. So like I said, I think it's just a, to just kind of go off of what Stacy was saying, I just uh, it's 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 all those things combined in in our schools. So those are some really great points. Thank you all so much, um, Ro. What would you add about including that native perspective in our daily lives? So I would agree with everything they said, and then add on to that acknowledgement by you know they can learn about, you know, local, state, and national stories, just by reading it on their phones. You know, you have your phone on you all the time. You know, you can go to the doctor's office and you're sitting there and it's like, oh, well, they can have time to sit there and read something about Native people or what's going on in their state, just so that they're aware of, you know, you know we're, we're a community, a state community. So what my neighbors are going through, then I, you know, it might impact me. So really being aware of who who's around you and where you are in life and um, just kind of creating a, a coalition of people to support one another and be an ally for one another and advocate for one another by knowing what's going on in our state. Um, and then as far as in the schools, you know, just making sure our students are aware of things and they do, they have access to this as well, especially now in virtual school, they can go to YouTube and look up different, you know, modern day people like Bethany Yellowtail or Matika Wilbur or people that are, you know, impacting our, our community, state, you know, nationwide. So really having those intentional um, goals to learning and educating yourself um, is, you know, kind of what we do, you know, um, the Matt and Stacy, they're teaching, you know, their students all about different, you know, cultures, tribally, you know, that we have to do that as well. We have to learn about each other as well. I don't know everything about, you know, all the tribes of my students here in Oklahoma City Public Schools, you know, but that's my responsibility to learn a little bit more. I need to be tribally fluent as well. I need to have um, resources for my students so that they can go and learn about these two because they're going to come to me, Miss Rowe, what do I need to do? How do I need to do this? Well, let me go ahead and look too. You know, we need to both be aware of these things. And then, you know, really challenging them, really challenging our parents and our teachers and our administration, like Ashton said, like, you know, these top level people need to be aware too, because they're making decisions for our students. 
and they need to be aware of who our students are. So really challenging those people to step outside their box, step outside that framework and really learn about things that are going on in their daily lives. And so we're advocates for our kids already, but we need other people to help us. We really need that, that community. And then, um, you know, just reading up on different things. Um, no, you know, you know, there's stereotypes, you know, there's the mascot issue, you know, there's the lantern issue, you know, all these things. So really addressing those head on, you know, being, being uncomfortable having those conversations because that, that promotes growth. If you're uncomfortable of what's being said to you, then maybe there's an issue. So maybe you should grow from that. And then knowing that those offensive things are offensive and acknowledging that, yes, that offends your students. So let me change it because I don't want this student to understand that it's okay to do that. Um, same with kind of the cultural appropriation. Don't let your students dress as an Indian because you're promoting cultural appropriation. So they learn that little and then they keep on doing it. Um, and then um, knowing that those things are dehumanizing to us as people. And then speaking in the present tense, like Stacey said, we are here, not they were here. And don't generalize, that's another, um, Big thing that we're trying to promote. Don't generalize, um, especially during Thanksgiving. Don't say pilgrims and Indians. Really say Wampanoag because that's for the people that that was impacted. So really just having your vocabulary correct in terms of what you're saying and how you're saying it. Um, at least be intentional about it and mindful about it um, are some of the things that I would say and try to practice myself. Such great advice, Ro. Thank you so much. Ashton, what would you add to that? I think that Ro really covered it well, but um, I the only thing I would add is I think that um, like she was saying, coming together and acknowledging um, what makes each of our um, tribes um, unique and but still being accepting of one another and wanting to learn about each other's traditions and cultures and language. I think um, I think it's come a long way, but also. Um, I think there's a long way to go still to learn about one another and Oklahoma is such a dynamic um, it's such a dynamic state because like we were saying there's 39 tribes and um, we know that here in Oklahoma City specifically 70% um, of tribal people are now living in urban areas so here in Oklahoma City at the Oklahoma City Indian Clinic we serve about 200 different tribes um, every year so there's so much um, just value we can get from learning from one another and understanding one another. And I think that taking those opportunities um, to, to learn, I think just being open-minded is, is key to us really uh, moving forward to a better future. That's great, Ashton. And what I have heard each of you say today is it's not just about learning our history, which is important, but it's also about celebrating what's happening in modern day. Um, and I, I just love that perspective. Both of those pieces are, are equally important. And I want to end today kind of on that note by celebrating each of you. I'd love to hear what makes each of you proudest of your heritage and how you get the opportunity to exhibit and share that in your daily lives. Matt and Stacy, will you start? Um. Yeah, so <laughs> I guess Stacy put me out first, so I guess I'll go. <laughs> she, she's really the boss around here, so. Um, you know, uh, I've come a long way. Um, like I said, I've had a, I got an interesting story, you know, of myself. 
Um, I wasn't brought up around a lot of things. Um, our family was extremely, um, you know, we weren't well off at all. We were just struggling to get by. Um, so we didn't have, have a lot of time and we didn't have a lot of uh, resources around at that time. It was more of a survival background. Um, you know, I, I'm a high school dropout. Um, took me a long time to, to get my stuff together. Um, but when I went on to, uh, to Haskell, when I went to Haskell up in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, um, I got to see all of these other Indian kids that were just like me. They were just trying to find a way. And, um, you know, I had, it took me a long time to get to where I actually understood that, you know, there was something better for me. And uh, my grandpa, my grandmas, all of them, they sacrificed all these things. They went through boarding schools and they, they gave all of their, that they could. They put all their prayers down for me and for our family to do these things and to be alive, to serve future generations, you know. And uh, as a high school dropout, I never thought I would have a, a degree, um, any type of uh, credentials, you know, I have a master's degree. And um, I think just, uh, you know, like I said, just being proud of what my ancestors had give, you know, a lot of them had give their lives. They gave their, their identity, their language, um, their culture almost is non-existent, you know. And so um, hearing about those histories and understanding where my people came from and the struggles that we went through and that we're going through today and uh, just trying to help even that uh, playing ground, you know, like that for all of our kids out here. Um, they don't, they don't have to go through those things, you know, and I want this to be a, a special place for them. And so, you know, I, uh, I just went through all these uh, things in my life and it just, that's what gets me going every morning is uh, my, my family and my roots and the things that have, uh, that have uh, withstood time, you know, like those roots that dug in like just like a tree, you know, and uh, we have bad weather sometimes, but we uh, we stand the storm and we go on, we live another day. And, uh, you know, we're here to, to do our best each day to, to help our kids. And, you know, I'm kind of like a big kid myself. I run around here and I joke <laughs> and I tease around and uh, I love what I do because that's what I would have wanted, you know, for somebody uh, to come in and greet me and tease me every day like that and make it a place where you want to be. Um, and so I'm doing my best to make my, my, uh, my folks proud. And so I think, uh, just being here at the school and, and, you know, toughing out some days are rough, you know, especially with this COVID and things that have gone on, you know, in a pandemic, trying to keep a, a new school like this open. Um, it's been very hard. Uh, Stacy has, uh, had her work cut out for her, um, uh, for sure. And so, um, I think, uh, just in, in a, a crazy time. Um, just celebrating who we are and being proud of who we are. You know, nowadays it's it's uh, it's very very key to to be proud of who you are, and that's what I want to spread to these kids: is their uh, their grandparents, their folks way back. They went through a lot of things for them to be here. Um, you know, I hear this all the time: ceremony and different things that our folks put prayers down that are standing today. Um, and that's uh, that's the only way that we're still alive and we're thriving and we're doing these things. Um, and so, you know, that's uh, that's what keeps me going every day is my, my, you know, my folks, where I come from. I'm proud of you. So I touched a little bit earlier about being adopted. So I was actually adopted as, um, I like a toddler, um, maybe a little younger, um, but I'm just, my background actually is in corporate retail. And so I changed careers to come to Sovereign 
I believed in it. There is, a, there is not anything like it. And that's something that I wanted for, I have uh, my youngest and then I have a son that is a freshman at OSU. And then I have two that's a freshman in high school. They're twins. So, you know, these are things that, you know, even when my youngest, when my oldest is my youngest age, that we didn't even have this. This was a fight. This was an eye roll. This was things that I would bring up and it would just end up checking them out of school for the day so they wouldn't have to be the quote Indian, which I, yeah, anyway. But that's one of those things like growing up um, in a non, I guess, non like traditional way we were brought up. Um, it was just me. My brothers have blonde hair and blue eyes. I definitely can tell, you can tell, not biologically, theirs, but definitely my dad is, it's my dad. And very humbled that he was humbled to take me and introduce me to people and make sure that I had that connection. He didn't have to do that, you know, and that's something that is very humbling and honoring to me that I want to do the same thing for our kids. Here at the school. It's really beautiful, Stacey and Matt. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Ashton, what about you? This is a difficult question because I think, um, there's so much to be proud of as a native person. Um, like, like everyone else was saying, our, um, our ancestors were so resilient that we are even here today and that we um, are able to celebrate all that, um, all that led us to be able to um, start a school and to have our own clinics. And um, it's just, it's really incredible how far we've come. My, um, my grandfather went to um, Goodland Academy, which is a, um, Indian boarding school in Hugo. And so when I think about what, um, you know, just my, my grandparents and even like some of my coworkers um, went to some of the Indian boarding schools themselves. And so um, the fact that we have our own schools that we are running that, that, you know, you'll, you see a lot of native people on the front lines and a lot of our, um, our businesses, but but when we have native people in the leadership positions that um, own the business or that are running the school, I think that has really changed. Um, that has really changed. I don't think that, you know, in my grandfather's day or even in my mother's day, that wasn't, that wasn't happening. So I'm really proud of that. That's great, Ashton. Thank you for sharing. And Ro, what about you? Yeah, so um, along the lines of everybody else, really honoring, you know, my ancestors and my elders and, um, you know, they laid a foundation for me to be more than the, what they were, be more than what they had and be just be more. And so honoring their will to do more, to be more, and then having that the next step for, you know, these indigenous kids in school and in college that they could do more and that they could be more and they could see more is something that I really try to do every day. I try to really be intentional with my nieces and nephews where they, you know, we speak Creek to each other, ask them what the Creek word means. Um, and then have them really understand that, you know, not everybody's gonna have that language. You're special because you get to speak that, you get to have these ancestors, you get to be, um, you know, you know, have this, all this great things in your life because of who you are and where your family's from. Um, and so daily, I try to take time to really be mindful of what I'm trying to do and who I'm trying to be, um, because there are people looking up to you. There's Indian kids that, you know, look up to you and see what you're doing and then say, oh, well, maybe one day, you know, I could run a school 
one day I could be, you know, working at the Indian Clinic and just really having, you know, intentions to do good for those that are following you because there, there are eyes watching you. And so I try to do that, even in a health, you know, in a healthy way, I try to run as much as I can. Um, I try to be mindful of what I eat. You know, it's not just education, but it's mind, body, and soul. Um, trying to, you know, make sure you're, I'm taking care of myself so I can take care of my mom and dad when they're, you know, need to be taken care of, take care of, you know, future children, just so, you know, I need to make, make sure I'm okay too. Um, because there are things in this world that are going to attack you and it's not just physically, it's, you know, emotionally and mentally. So making sure I have a, you know, resources like Ashton that I can go to and say, you know, I'm feeling this way. And so making sure we promote health in all aspects too, not just education, but, you know, behavioral, mental, physical, just making sure our people are, um, are aware of those things. So just having intentions to give resources as much as I, we can. Um, and then for myself, culturally, you know, making sure I am learning my languages I'm knowing my family's history. Um, we're actually going to New Mexico to see my grandparents that I haven't seen in two years um, because my life, you know, I always put on the back burner. Well, I'm gonna go see these people where I'm gonna not be exposed and I'm keeping myself isolated. I'm gonna go see them and come back, you know, just because I need to see them. I need that for my soul. You know, they're getting up and I don't see them every day. So making sure things like that, where I'm talking to my dad and learning about his history, talking to my mom, learning about her history, so really just um, celebrating myself through them, um, for them too. You know, they didn't have, my dad was in boarding school as well. He was at a mission school in New Mexico his whole life. He then went to and got a trade. So I got to do, because of him, I got to have a bachelor's and now working on my master's. So you really honoring what he did for me and my mom too. So just those kind of things, I really try to be um, intentional, you know, is, I guess a big word. And then, um, like I said, keep myself well and healthy and enjoy life. Really try to be enjoy. Yeah, there's bad things going on. This pandemic is really straining all of us, but trying to, you know, rise above and try to have a better outlook. Because if we're feeling that way, then our kids are going to feel that way. If they see you stressed, then they're going to see it, you know, be that way. So really just making sure that we're okay so they can be okay. And then kind of rippling out. That's beautiful, Ro, and a great way to end this conversation today. Um, I'm really grateful to each of you for joining in this conversation, not just to talk about Indigenous Peoples Day, but to talk beyond that about how, how we can really be more intentional as a community about honoring Indigenous people. Um, you guys have given me some great ideas about how my family can honor our heritage as members of the Choctaw Nation, how we can better honor and incorporate the Native perspective into our daily lives in our home and in the community and our schools. And I know your insight will be really meaningful to our listeners as well. Thanks everyone for watching. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.